0: travellers and welcome to podcast 51 in our surely soon to be award-winning series You Should Have Been There with me Simon Calder
1: and me Mick Webb
0: and today our
1: topic is travel and the cinema. What is the best travel film? Is there one? Might there be more than one? Anyway we'd like you to uh, join in the uh, Conversation, as they say, and uh, see if we can come up with some kind of consensus. Although we don't have to, um, you can get in touch with us at our very own Twitter account. Yes, as uh, Donald Trump has uh, vacated the uh, Twitter sphere, uh, we have leapt in to fill the gap. Uh, Simon, I think uh, I think you can enlighten us further.
0: Uh, yes, our Twitter handle is You Should Have Be the letter b and then one so it's uh the at symbol you should have b1 no gaps between them then you will be able to uh, uh send us messages anything you want really and our our direct messages by the way are always open so do let us know your thoughts both on films and on other
1: matters well we uh await your uh contributions with uh uh with bated breath um But to kick things off today, here is one of our guests talking about his favourite travel film.
2: Oh God, it makes me feel sick thinking about it, but I can imagine it happening, which is why it's nice. It's just within the boundaries of this could in theory happen and, and it would either make or break your holiday.
0: And we'll find out later which film aroused such a strong response from Alec. But Mick, I think we also need to establish some ground rules for best travel film. If there were to be a new Oscar or BAFTA category for that, what would and wouldn't be included? It's not that
1: easy a question to answer because uh, when you think about it, so many films of all kinds include travel in them, a journey wonderful landscapes fantastic cityscapes uh, and indeed i mean lots of them well bond films born films etc um just whiz around from one fantastic location to another uh, but i think we should definitely um leave them out and i tell you what i was thinking simon was that this is more a question of not what we include but what we exclude uh, and yeah. uh, i don't know um yeah i
0: i would um so, so brief encounter which of course is all about movement and travel and it's all set at a, a railway station um i don't think that would count for one moment apart from anything else nobody really goes on a journey um i i, I wonder also about dr Zhivago, uh reaching not quite oh. so far back with astonishing snowy wastes of siberia actually filmed in spain And I I think we have to exclude that as well. So there needs to be a very substantial element of a journey uh, in order for it to qualify as a a travel film, let alone a good travel film.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair enough.
0: Let's broaden this out and hear from some other people, starting with Sarah Baxter, who knows a thing or two about travel and enjoys a good film.
1: Sarah, films that are really about travel feature films I don't think there are all that many of them that are actually any good are there any that you really I like? I think you're
3: probably right I have to say I really and being quite on theme I really enjoyed Wild uh, the story of uh, Cheryl Strade's massive hike along the PCT trail uh, I found it really inspirational it did make me want to walk the trail but a really interesting story of one woman's journey, both physically and mentally. I thought it was really well done.
1: That was with Reese with a spoon, wasn't it? I, I, I've actually read the book. I haven't seen the film. I really should watch it. But it's got an absolutely brilliant opening. She's right in the middle of the mountains, and uh, she gets something in her in her sock, and she takes her boot off and accidentally kicks it uh, over a ravine, and it just disappears from sight. And then uh, she thinks, "Oh my god." I've just lost my walking boot. What worse thing could happen? And she just decides to throw the other one over as well and uh, carry on in her in her socked
3: feet. It's fantastic. And I think it's, uh, it's great to think that when you think the worst thing has happened, you can still carry on. You know, you would think it would be impossible. You know, she's there without boots and yet she continues. And that's a really that's a really good lesson to take on your hike. <laughs>
1: It's not. It's not a. It's not something I. I, not something I wish no. to replicate. <laughs> I must say myself. But, uh,
0: um, uh, just worth saying, that PCT is of course the Pacific Crest National Scenic Trail, which kind of winds down the west of the United States through Washington, through Oregon, through California. But it stays away from the sea. It's all about mountains. Mick, when you said that travel films aren't very good, can you back that up? Um
1: I very rarely walk out of films or stop watching them halfway through um but actually that has been the case with a couple of uh, of proper travel films one was a walk in the woods uh which is based on a book by Bill Bryson who I find very entertaining as a writer and interesting um and it involves uh, Bill played by uh Robert Redford um And a long lost friend who is played by another old Hollywood great, Nick Nolte, going for a hike along the Appalachian Trail. Um, I thought the film was just crashingly boring, uh, unless you want to see a couple of really quite ancient actors talking about being old and how um, difficult it is to go walking these days. Which, to be honest, I have quite (laughs) enough of when I'm (laughs) travelling with you, so I didn't really enjoy that very much.
0: Uh, uh, uh i i i think um the way if i might bring that in uh also a that's the one that, a, that's a the one t- about the camino de santiago isn't
1: it yes
0: and an optician in california uh who hears that his son has died uh on the first day in fact a stretch of the camino that you and i know very well which um It doesn't apply to most of it. This is going from uh, the beautiful town of Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port across the Pyrenees, effectively, at a relatively low but still challenging altitude, to um, Roncesvalles in Spain. His son dies, and so he sets off to cover the Camino and, of course, makes all sorts of discoveries about himself and meets a whole bunch of strangers who become deep friends and they've all got their own issues and so on. But uh, hey, I, I felt it didn't do much justice to the trail or for the bits that I'd seen. And um, in the end, he just thought, I think the technical term used by young people is meh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I I actually stopped watching that as well um because when he stopped at the I think it was the first refuge uh it turned out that the uh, chap running it uh, was the first sort of proper Spaniard we'd met I think and uh, he turned out to spend most of his time uh when he wasn't serving coffee uh, uh to the pilgrims um exercising in the patio yard of the refuge uh, with a uh, with a bullfighter's cape because he was a bullfighter monke And I actually thought that this was sort of stereotyping taken to a whole new um, uh, high plateau. And uh, I think at that point I gave up. Anyway, time to move on again, because this is about travel and you can't stay too long in the same place. Uh, OK, let's have another category or subcategory, I suppose we should call it um, comedy. <laughs> Now, this is what Alec, a documentary filmmaker, and I must declare an interest my son, had to say when I asked him for a professional opinion.
2: I happened to start w- watching over the Christmas period, uh, completely by chance, actually, a film called Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Planes, by... sorry,
1: sorry, good. Yeah, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah,
2: by John Hughes, who's sort of kind of that famous director for kind of teen comedies anyway. Um, and it charts a sort of three-day odyssey of two very different men who are kind of trying to make it home for Thanksgiving after their flight from New York to Chicago gets cancelled because of a blizzard. And I think it's the... (laughs) Having not really thought about it as as, as the world's best travel film, thinking back on it now, I think it is, because most films are about travelling one way or another, aren't they? They're sort of like Indiana Jones or Thelma and Louise or whatever. uh, Travel's kind of at the heart of of it all because that's what a narrative is. But but they don't often capture the kind of essence of travelling, like the kind of stresses and the kind of weird excitement and the relationships that sort of form when uh, a well-honed itinerary goes awry and you have to then get a bit (laughs) <laughs> creative with a plan. And that's that's what I think is what travelling is. And it sort of nails that um that feeling of I don't know, personal example is China is opting for the easy jet bus to Stansted at three in the morning in the middle of December and it getting to half past and there's still no bus and you're really cutting it fine and everyone starts to make the eye contact with each other to sort of go, kind of should we share a taxi? And then and then having to form this sort of relationship with some random stranger who ends up being really great or really mad. But either way, you're out of your comfort zone and it's like, it's an adventure, isn't it? That's kind of, that's what, that's the heart of traveling. It's not getting from A to B, which is what sort of it's become, but having, having some sort of uh, uncertainty and you're sort of pushed a little bit out. Yeah. Out of your comfort zone, I suppose. And there's a, I think my favourite moment in it is when uh, Steve Martin, who's the protagonist, he's trying to, he's managed to rent his car. So he looks like he can get home to his family for uh, for Thanksgiving. And he's got off the bus from the airport to the car park and he's found the space where the hire car is meant to be. And then it's empty, obviously, And he has to walk back sort of 10 miles via a runway and a snowdrift. And he gets to the Hertz (laughs) desk. And when he gets there, the person asks in the kind of jolly, lovely, probably wearing a kind of uh, uh, Christmas waistcoat or something, saying, uh, can I help you? (laughs) And he says... And bearing in mind, this is kind of it feels like a sort of PG sort of you sort of certified film. It's really lovely and cute. He just says, you can start by wiping that fucking smile off your rosy face and you kind of go, whoa, he's cracked. He's totally cracked. And that's the point when you kind of think for me, that's what I like about traveling is that if you if you're skirting close to that point where you don't quite scream at the hurt person, but you're near to it then there is this sort of excitement and then there is adventure. Is it masochism? I don't know. But it's sort of invariably things happen that you can't have predicted. And then you look back at it and go, that was a sort of unique journey that you can't buy from a uh, uh, like a travel agent or anything. And it's sort of unique to me. And it was sort of special. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely! I mean, I I
1: haven't seen it, um, but I I have read through a synopsis of the plot, and I've got to say, it made me laugh while I was just reading the synopsis. I um, because um, the Steve Martin character kind of travels accidentally, doesn't he? As you were saying, um, you know, with with lots of travel adventures you sort of end up being chucked together you you end up um, being in a little bubble with somebody who you don't necessarily want to be in a bubble with and he has uh, a similar experience with this bloke uh, who is played by uh, John Candy uh, John Candy yeah who is a what is it he's a he's a loquacious traveling salesman who sells shower co- <laughs> Shower curtain rings, and uh, uh, and there's one point here. It says here in the synopsis they travel on to Saint uh, Saint Louis by bus. Upon arrival, Dell, uh, that's the John Candy character, raises cash by selling shower curtain rings to passers by, advertising them as
2: earrings. And <laughs> it just made me laugh so much. And I like it's so comedy. So there's another really good moment where. Um, where Steve Martin and John Candy are on the are on a bus, and and the kind of and and you can tell that um, Steve Martin's character hasn't kind of been on a public bus for however long because he's got a sort of swanky job in Manhattan, and uh, and and they start they start they start doing a kind of sing-along and people start singing their like favorite Christmas or uh, whatever um, kind of songs on the way, sort of pass the time. And then it comes to him and he starts a song and no one else knows it. And there's this that extraordinary, awful silence. And, and 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 you're like, oh my God, that could feasibly, like you can imagine that happening. Like, ah, oh, the horror. And then John Candy has to sort of pick it up by going, yeah. Uh, how do I rescue the situation? Flintstones meet the Flintstones. Everyone starts singing because Martin's chosen some sort of like Anglican hymn or something. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Whoa." laughs> and I, I felt what I think what was nice about all those moments in a way that maybe doesn't happen if the narrative is about I don't know something too far fetched. Is I could just see that happening, and I can imagine. It felt like that was something that you could, yeah, ah. Oh. God it makes you feel sick yeah. about it but I can imagine it happening which is why it's nice and the and the same for the for the rental car moment it's sort of like it's just within the boundaries of this could in theory happen and and it would either make or break your holiday
0: trains planes and
2: automobiles
0: and that takes us on I think to uh, the road movie because that of course is a, a category on its own and I'm interested particularly after hearing from Alec about the extent to which you can kind of imagine yourself there, and I want to go back to 1969 when I think both you and I were alive. Just I even remember I think that the uh, uh, the film Easy Rider came out, and at the Crawley Embassy, uh, that's a um, cinema, not a not a diplomatic mission. Um, they were not too fussy about um, uh, the the age limit, so I did get to see. Uh, this this extraordinary film, which which of course covers um, the well, it, it was the ultimate uh, American road movie. It starred uh, Peter Fonda and and Dennis Hopper and uh, Harley Davidson in, in in abundance. And I wasn't quite sure what was was going on, but clearly this was a world that the sorts of people who lived in Crawley could only ever dream of, um, and yet. A decade onwards, um, Sir Freddie Laker starting up his um, Skytrain operation. Yes, you could fly to America, and then you found out it wasn't quite as uh, as as, as um, dazzling and technicolor and uh, um, <laughs> exciting as as the film. But uh, even so, of course, it 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 uh, it, it will. I, I found it much more exciting even than uh, Thelma and Louise which of course is quoted as a always as a great road movie Two women leave their lives behind and go off and uh, uh seek adventure on the road
1: and on the road is indeed the uh, title of another um, fairly well-known road movie um based on uh Jack Kerouac and the uh Beat Generation although I think I found that a bit uh, what you might call self-indulgent but can I just say my favorite uh, road movie and I I don't know if you'll allow this is in fact um, another motorcycle one Motorcycle Diaries
0: um,
1: about about Che Guevara and uh, have you seen it?
0: I I uh, I have not um my only association with it is that whenever you go to old havana um you are never short of opportunities to pick up a copy of uh, the motorcycle diaries uh, by che guevara
1: ah well it it is a very fine uh, i think it's a very fine film and uh, it's uh, it's about che the young che guevara uh, leaving um uh, i think it's buenos aires it's with his um best mate um and uh, i think they're both medical students certainly che Guevara was and the two of them on this one ancient motorcycle so it's um not exactly harley davidson um territory i think it's an old triumph i can't remember they go up over the uh um the snow covered pass between um Argentina and Chile and then that's uh which is very exciting um and rather dangerous and it's the beginning of the uh epic journey which involves going to quite a lot of great uh Latin American sites um including uh, Machu Picchu which we've been to Ah, uh, where, if I remember rightly, Che Guevara, who is played by the uh, very good Mexican actor Gael Garcia Bernal, although people say that he was a bit too um sort of well groomed, really, to be <laughs> Che Guevara, uh, he discusses why it was that the people who managed to build this wonderful city, uh, Machu Picchu, have disappeared or been utterly marginalised in the society, which has managed instead to build the incredibly ugly and uh, generally revolting place Lima, the capital of um, uh, uh, of Peru. Uh, so there's quite a lot of politics in it. And I thought it was very good.
0: Let's move on with another member of our celebrity panel. Everyone's an A-lister here. Let's hear from Tony Wheeler, co-founder of Lonely Planet Travel Guides. And among his favourite travel films, let's bring you right up to date, is a new road movie. Now, I'm going to recommend two films. I'm going to recommend Pasolini's Arabian Nights, which is a film from back in the 70s. And it goes to, most of it's in Iran, Ethiopia and the Yemen. And all three of those places, you think, why haven't i been there i really want to see these countries so pasolini's arabian nights from a, for an old film or right now nomad land it's um it's kicking around the back blocks of the western united states in a in a camper van a, an rv with francis francis What is is name do is it yeah her anyway she's she is terrific in this film it's a great film and it's it's on current release that's nomad land and let's see if i can pronounce the name of the star better than you two Frances mcdormand who packs her van and sets off on the road and that will be i was going to say coming to a cinema near you possibly coming to a streaming service near you at the end of february
1: Well I'm looking forward to that. Tony's other film Arabian Nights is um, uh, quite unusual as it's both a sort of comedy and it's also um, (laughs) x-rated and it dates from 1974. I don't really think it counts as a travel film um, according to our definition but uh, it does raise an interesting point about films that might make you want to travel to interesting places, um, even if it's not allowed into our awards.
0: And of course, uh, we're all seeking inspiration from all sorts of things. And our last A-list guest, I'm glad to say, hasn't had to travel very far at all. It's my lovely wife, Charlotte, who arrives all the way from the kitchen. Um, Charlotte, you have spent a fair amount of time during lockdown and the the whole miserable uh, coronavirus crisis, uh, watching um, uh, quite a lot, um, particularly on streaming services, um, uh, good and bad. What uh, what have been your highlights?
3: Well, I mean, I suppose like you. I mean, I, I love to travel. Um, and by mistake, I sort of realised, um, during lockdown that you could do an awful lot of travelling, um, just by watching things. Um, you know, on mostly, I must say, on um Netflix or um Amazon Prime. Uh, and it's been completely delightful. So you know, not only have you been, or have I been caught up in the actual story, but also um, I can do an hour of uh, of watching something and really feel like I've been to these places. So um, I started off with Ozark, um, which I know is uh, super popular with um, you know lots and lots of people. And you know, the first thing I did when when I when I saw this um, uh, series called Ozark. I thought, well, where on earth is that? I had no idea. And I've done a lot of traveling, but no idea. So obviously it's in, um, uh, Missouri, North of uh, Louisiana. Um, and you are just treated to lakes and forests, um, Murders, uh, m- uh, yeah, murders, and money laundering. Uh, <laughs> but it's so totally now on my list of places that I really want to go to. And um, uh, uh, they go to the main protagonist there. They go to um, the nearest big city, which is Kansas. You know, and I suppose I've always wanted to go to Kansas just from um, early days of childhood because it makes you think about the you know the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy and and things like that. And uh, when you when you're watching Ozark. Um, and, and you're wondering where it is, and then and then you might look it up on Wikipedia, of course. Then you find out that a lot of the program isn't actually filmed in um, um in the Ozarks, uh, which <laughs> doesn't matter at all. I still definitely want to go to the Ozarks, but a lot of it is actually filmed um, um in the lakes around um Atlanta in Georgia. So at, you know it's like wow. buy one get one free. Uh, so uh, you know now I want to go <laughs> to two destinations um, um in the states when all of this is over, uh, not just the one so that's been really really brilliant um other
1: D- yeah. can i ask you something Charlotte? Do, do you do you note these places down or not because yes. i ah that's a very good idea because i watch lots of things and i kind of
0: forget
3: Look, let me just tell you there's um another um, another series and it's on amazon and it's called le bureau so uh, uh, that takes you all over the place uh, paris syria iran turkey baku uh, and you really feel as if you're you're traveling with that and one that i just come across i don't know oh i know what i was doing i was flicking through twitter and someone was saying oh you know what should i watch next um and a number of times people suggested the affair which you have to buy i'm afraid but anyway i mean it's not too expensive that takes place on long island um, um, and right at the end of Long Island, there is sort of a fishing village called Um, Montarg, um And uh, it's got to Ruth Wilson and Dominic West in it. Uh, oh, my goodness me. Does that look amazing? Completely amazing. And you can get there. It's a three hour train ride um, from New York. Uh, and that's what I want to do. I want to go to New York, New York and then I'll get off. Um, Well, I hope I can get off. I haven't checked this, but I'm I'm sure it's not a direct train. Uh, And, um, um, you know, I want to do all of Long Island. And then I went I want to um, end up there um, right, right, right at the end. And then they do a day trip. They do a day trip to Block Island, uh, which has got a very famous lighthouse on it. And, uh, uh, oh, the scenery there is unbelievable.
1: (laughs) Well, that's very good, and you sold it to me, I must say. Thank you. Well, I'm afraid our own um, podcast is, uh, as they would say, and I'm sorry I haven't a clue, reaching the buffers of destiny. So um, it's time just for us to each say what our favourite travel film is. Charlotte, you go first, if you don't mind.
3: Okay, well, this is a bit of a surprise question, Um, and I'm going to support movie making uh, these days, and I'm going to say Tenet. Um, uh, um only because you actually do get a really good sense of um, so many of the locations, many of them um, are italian uh, uh, in that film, um obviously, I have no idea what happened in the film, but I still enjoyed it and it was still just completely amazing to be able to go to the cinema um uh, during this pandemic okay
1: very good um Simon.
0: I'm going to uh, say that there's two very, very close runners-up, both of them featuring Berlin. um, That's Wings of Desire by Wim Wenders and Bridge of Spies, uh, which um, starred uh, Tom Hanks. And that, by the way, was actually filmed much of it in Wrocław in Poland. And if you want to see East Berlin as it was, then I suggest you, um, as soon as you can, book a a trip to Wrocław. But the winner... Absolutely, I have never seen any other film which encapsulates the sheer joy of travel as much as this and makes locations look utterly dazzling, while still being a moderately good um, story in its own right. And that has to be The Sound of Music, Um, filmed in 1964 in Salzburg and... A story, of course, of um, a nun who leaves the convent and goes to look after some children. Uh, It's the story of Maria at the time of the uh, outbreak of the Second World War and the sound of music captivating cinema goers for over half a century.
1: Well, I think uh, a controversial choice, but um, uh, my one would be motorcycle diaries about uh, Che Guevara and his mate's uh, journey up South America and through the political landscape. So I think that's a, a great film. Um, but it's now time to uh, give a shout out to our listeners um, and ask uh, you to send in uh, your favourite travel film and why it is you'd recommend it.
0: And to contact us, remember, just uh, go to our brand new Trump replacing Twitter feed, you should have B1. That's you should have B, the letter B and the number one. And that is you should have B1, all one word. Correct, yes. And I think we have to say, Mick. Uh, That's a wrap for this week. Um, But lots more exciting exciting things happening next week. Yes, next week we're going to be
1: talking about breakdowns, which are often a... uh pivotal part of uh, travel experiences sometimes very good sometimes very bad and sometimes they bring about breakdowns of a um, a more psychological kind um, crosswords between members of families stuck in hot cars well that's my experience anyway and so until next week from charlotte hindle uh, me mick webb and simon calder goodbye bye bye bye